Everybody right now, when you say, God, you say, oh, Lord, you see, I believe, you say, you see, it is done, it's completed, oh, our God, when you say, oh, I believe, Lord, when you say, God, move. 
thank pastor and the pastor for allowing us uh, this afternoon just this evening just to uh, start off the service and we give all honor and praise to god uh, for he is worthy so this evening even as we've come just to lead the praying part of this meeting we pray that even as we would engage god that he would be able to do all that he has purposed through us and this ministry this evening amen i'm just going to hand over to lorenzo and the worship team, and we're just going to get into a time of worship, and we're going to bless the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Just an offering It's right here My life is here And I'll be a living Sacrifice for you You're a fire You're a fire I want to be consumed I want to be tried by to come in let it fall we want it lord lord your fire is consumed fill this place lord this place set it ablaze i'll be a living sacrifice for you the refiner i want to be gone I want to be tried by 
take my reading today from the book of Romans chapter 12, reading from verses 1 and 2. I think you can take your seats just for a little while. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable 
and perfect will of God. Tonight, I want to focus on men and the challenges that, that we face. More than that, I believe we can come into a prayer of agreement this evening and have a breakthrough through every stronghold. For too long, we have allowed ourselves to stay captives to sin and bondage. I strongly believe that when men come together in one accord, with one mindset, atmospheres can change. From the beginning, it was in God's, uh, it was God's intention for man to have all power and authority over things, over all things. Adam gave up that, uh, gave up that authority when he sinned, but Jesus Christ restored that authority through his death and resurrection. When we choose to walk in sin, we are unable to operate in that authority that has been given unto us. Firstly, we need to take back that which we have handed over to the devil. Know that when Paul, uh, Paul didn't write this portion of scripture to the unbeliever, but this was for the child of God. You know, as men, we, are, we allow ourselves to be enticed by the pleasures of our flesh. Yeah. And I'm reminded when we look at this, the, this portion of scripture, it talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice before God. And if we look at the Old Testament, when, when they presented a sacrifice to God, it was without spot and blemish. And when we look at our lives, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, He cleanses up us of all unrighteousness and we are made without spot and blemish. But when we allow ourselves to be enticed by the, uh, by the pleasures of our flesh, we bring into sin before ourselves and we can't come before God with an offering that is, that is blemished. And, and many of us come into the presence of God with a blemished offering. So tonight, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge every man. If you be able to take the role of the priest that God has called you to be, we'll be able to accomplish all that God has set out for us. I believe we're in a season where we're going to see a revival. And revival, I believe revival will start from this house. I believe every house that is connected to this house as revival breaks out here in the nations, it will break out in those cities that they are in. But there has to be a coming together of men that will come. You know, for too often we hand over everything. We think it's the ladies' responsibilities to pray. But as a priest in the home, you dictate what the, the atmosphere, what the, what the way that God can move over your families. And I believe that even as we come into a place uh, of agreement, even if we come into a place where we realize that which God has called us for, we'll be able to accomplish much. You know, for me, when I look at this portion of scripture, when he talks about be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, we like to work things out. As men, we like to work things out in our mind. And when he, when he talks, when you bring, a, when if you look at yourself, you can't separate the mind, the body from, from itself. You have to bring your mind and your body into the subjection of your spirit man. Your spirit man needs to take lead. When your spirit man takes lead, he'll be able to engage God. And I believe if we come into that place, we, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't allow things. You know, the things that affect men these days is, is drug, uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, uh, sexual immorality, li uh, lies, deception, depression. 
uh, we've even given up the role. We, 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 we've become poor role models in our society, to our families. We've even, even given up the role of priests in our home. So I believe tonight we're going to pray that we will be able to achieve all that. You know, it's so easy for us to say we always, we can, we, we've learned how to use the scriptures out of context. We so often say that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But if you go and read in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, it says, uh, it says there, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So we always take the, the portion that, 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 that can bring some sort of comfort to what we're doing. But, you, but it's not that. If you watch and pray, you wouldn't fall into temptation. So we need to look it into uh, the word into its entirety. You know, uh, I believe sometimes when you look at the things that we go through and, uh, and the things that we face, you might think it's too big for you. But we've been, when, we, when I've been uh, looking at the word of God recently, I'm reminded in Mark chapter 11 and verse 23, it says, Verily I say unto you, that, wh that whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that these, those things which he had said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. We have the, the power of declaration in our, in our tongue. In whatever we say, we have the power, but we have to believe in our hearts. We always talk about our problems, but you should talk, uh, you should talk to your problems too. We, uh, you know, we, uh, the one thing I heard uh, uh, from Dr. Theo, he says when you, when you speak about your problems, it grows. But when you speak to your problem, it goes. So anything you speak to, if you speak to your mountain, it'll go. But if you speak about it, it'll grow. So everything that you face, and I believe in uh, things that we would face as men. Uh, you know, I'm focusing a lot on men because if men get it right, everything else will change. I believe if you look, if you look at drug addiction, you look at alcohol uh, addiction, if you see it, how it started off in the beginning, Previously, you should find a lot of men doing it. Now it is even coming to a place where I think the women do it more than the men. It's because we've given away that authority. We allowed it into our society. We allowed it into our lives. So I believe if we have the ability to change everything around, we just need to call on the name of Jesus. We need to call on God's power and authority. We need to declare the things with our mouth and we need to speak life into those dead situations. I believe whatever we say, whatever we do, whether it be negative or positive will bring forth its fruit. So if we begin to say negative things, that will bear fruit. But if we say the positive things, that will bear fruit. That will break the bondage that we find ourselves in. This evening, I just want you to even just rise up and we're going we're gonna to pray. Uh, we're going to pray over that which uh, we, we've been uh, talking about. I would, uh, I would just... Uh, I mean, I appreciate if you can just come in agreement with me because I believe the Word of God says... If any two shall come in agreement, it will be established. And this day we're going to break every bondage that keeps us captives. And we know that the power is in this place. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above more than we can think, hope, or even imagine. So let's, let's just get into a time of prayer and call upon his name. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name. This evening, Father, we declare, Lord Jesus, that no longer that we would say captive, Lord, to the things of this world, Lord Jesus, 
Father God, we come this evening and we declare that we shall not conform to the standards of this world, but we will begin to look to you, Lord Jesus. Father, the author and finisher of our faith, Lord Jesus. Father, this day I give and come, Lord. I bring men before you this day, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you begin to, to restore the priestly order, Lord Jesus. Father God, that even as they would give their hearts to you, even as they would give everything to you this day, as a priest, Lord Jesus, Father God, that you could echo the words over their life as you spoke over Samuel, Lord Jesus. And you said all the days of his life, the words that he spoke, Lord, didn't fall to the ground, Lord Jesus. I declare this day, Lord Jesus, even as we would take hold this day, even as we would become priests in our home, Lord Jesus, Father God, that there would be a repositioning, Lord Jesus, even as our homes would change and the communities would change, Lord. Father God, but the church of God will move, Lord. And I declare, Father God, Father, that you're causing a shifting in the atmosphere this day, Lord. I've been praying, Father God, even those that are addicted, Lord, with drug addiction, Lord Jesus, alcohol addiction, Lord Jesus. Hey, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, you're causing a release, Lord Jesus. Father, you said, is there anything too difficult for me? This day I declare, Lord Jesus, that you are changing things, Lord Jesus. You are moving on behalf of your people, Lord Jesus. I pray for a repositioning this day, Lord Jesus, over sexual immorality, Lord, over lies, over deception, Lord Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, Father God, that you are causing, Lord Jesus, all things, Lord, all things, Lord, to come together for good, Lord Jesus. I pray this day in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you are shifting the atmosphere, Lord, that you are moving on behalf of your people, Lord Jesus. Those that would come before you this day, Lord Jesus, Father, with sincere hearts this day, Lord Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that there is a release, Lord Jesus, that's coming over, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, Father, no longer, Lord, no longer, Lord, Will we, will we be poor old mortals, Lord? I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Arrest our spirits, Lord. Arrest our minds, Lord Jesus. Father, begin to minister into our lives this day, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, begin to move like never before, Lord. Move, Lord, move, Lord, move, Lord. Kiraba kasharaba siyendere bebe. Eraba shataraba siyendere bebe bebe. Irama kasharaba siyendere bebe bebe. Raba raba siyendere bebe keende. Irama raba siyendere bebe shenarabojende. Shabaraba siyendere bebe bebe siyende. In the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I declare it is done this day, Lord Jesus. It is done in the name of Jesus. We believe, Lord Jesus, that it is done, Lord Jesus. That's why, Father, you said all that we ask for, Lord, and believe, Lord, we will receive this day, Lord Jesus. We believe we have received our victory and our breakthrough this day, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you for moving like never before, Lord Jesus. We thank you and ask all these blessings. In your precious and holy name this day, Lord, move like never before we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We just honor you, Lord, because I tried, Lord. I have tried so hard to the end. Took me so long to believe it. You choose someone like me to carry, to carry your victory. 
perfection could never earn. You give, Lord, you give what we don't deserve. You take, Lord, you take the broken and you raise them, raise them to glory. You are, you are my champion. Giants fall, giants fall. Undefeated every battle you want. I am, I am who you say I am. You see, you crown us, Lord, crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place. Undefeated with the one, with the one who has conquered it all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You conquered it all. Hey, yeah. Oh, Lord. Because now, God, yeah. Now I can finally see. You're teaching us, Lord. Teaching me how to receive. So let. So let all this striving see, and this is, this is my victory. You are, you are my champion. Giants fall, giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle, Lord. With the one, with the one, you are Lord, you are my champion. And giants fall, giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle, Lord, because I am, I am who you say I am. You crown us, Lord, you crown me. I am seated in the heavenly place of with the one, with the one who has conquered it all. Yes, Lord, we just bless your holy name, Lord. Yes, Lord, we just worship you. Thank you, Lord. For we just honor you, Father God. You are the Alpha and the Omega, Lord. You are the King of Kings, Lord. We just love you, Father. We love you, Lord. Thank you. touch on some of the challenges faced by the 21st century man. The world we live in today has made us believe that men cannot be victims. Men are constantly in a battle to prove their masculinity and their manhood. Men are required to have it together all of the time. And majority of the men are afraid to be vulnerable 
they are afraid to ask for help or they are afraid to express themselves as this could be seen as a sign of weakness by the society that we live in today if we look at scripture in psalm 62 verse 3 it says how long will you assault a man would all of you throw him down like a leaning wall like a tottering fence this was david speaking to his assailants he saw himself in a weak state ready to fall this verse gives us an image of what majority of the men look like today being constantly pushed by society by families by the social groups and silently struggling men today are struggling with issues that men 50 years ago didn't have to go through or deal with being a provider 50 years ago and a protector was what they defined as as being a man and what they defined as manhood today men feel threatened by women because the roles have been reversed women today have become independent to an, to an extent that they do they too are providers and protectors and are not dependent on a man anymore for survival some of the issues that men are facing today are a lack of self confidence men are becoming more timid more shy more angry and more frustrated all the time men don't feel valued anymore needed or wanted men don't feel appreciated or respected anymore our masculinity is constantly being questioned are you really man enough that's what we've been asked we have lost our sense of authority over our families over our children over our communities men have lost their heavenly purpose and assignment men have defined themselves by the roles that we take on now that the modern day women are doing things that was predominantly a man's duty society had made the man feel that he has no value anymore if we look at genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and it says and god said let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every other creeping thing that creeps upon the earth we were created in god's own image and likeness which means we have the characteristics and creating ability that god has embedded in us our heavenly purpose was to have dominion over everything to have an intimate relationship with god to praise him and fulfill our assignment to experience heaven on earth just like our satan distracted adam from fulfilling god's plan so too has satan distracted our men of today if you look at the bible historically every major move that god did was through a man satan is afraid satan is afraid of the seed men carry both spiritually and physically He knows that if he can keep men occupied with the pleasures of the world then he can prevent them from having a relationship with God coming to church or meditating on the word Satan knows that if he can prevent the will of God in your life he can take out an entire generation we need to go back to the beginning and start living our lives the way God intended it before anything else as men we need to admit that we don't have the answers all the time 
We don't have it all together all the time. We need to find successful men that can mentor us, that can hold us accountable. If you look at scripture from 1 Kings 2, verse 2 to 4, this is David speaking to Solomon on his deathbed. I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies. As it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do, and whithersoever you turn yourself, that the Lord may continue his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your children take heed to their word, to walk before me in truth, and with all their heart and with all their soul, they shall not fail to thee, a man on the throne of Israel. This is the charge David gave to his son. His instruction to Solomon was to live the way he did, to enjoy the favor as king that God had given him. The work that God started in our lives shouldn't die with us, but should be passed on for generations to come. This should be our legacy that we leave behind. We should impart the will of God that was started in our lives to our children. Men before us never imparted in the majority of men's lives our spiritual lives today and our spiritual growth. We need to cancel the negative thinking that we will become the men our fathers were. But we rather start declaring like David did that God is only our rock, that God only is our rock and our salvation and he is our defense and we shall not be moved. Thank you, Lord. Can we just bow for a word of prayer, Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you have given me today. Thank you, Lord, for making me the vessel that you speak through, that you can impart in your teaching, Lord. Lord, I pray for the men tonight, Lord. I pray for the challenges that they've been going through, Lord. I pray for all the obstacles, Lord, all the hindrances, Lord, all of the challenges that they face that are holding them back from fulfilling the, the, the assignment that you have mandated in their life, Lord. Lord, I pray for the men that are hurt tonight, Lord. I pray that you give them the healing that they require, Lord. Lord, I pray for the men that have sinned, Lord. I pray for the Lord for everything that is holding them back, Lord. Lord, I pray that you take and walk in their heart, Lord. Walk in it, remove the weeds, Lord. Remove all the iniquities that prevent us from sowing the seed onto good ground, Lord. Lord, we want to produce a harvest, Lord. We want to produce a hundredfold harvest, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for all the men that have gone wayward, Lord, wayward from what the plan that you have for their life, Lord. Bring them back into your purpose, Lord. We want them to fulfill their kingdom destiny, Lord. We know that we can build with strong men, Lord. Men of valor, Lord. Men that have it together, Lord. Men that have a, a, a calling after your own heart, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We just your holy name, Lord. Lord, we pray for all of the men that are here today, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you reveal revelation knowledge to them, understanding and wisdom of all the things concerning you, Lord. We ask that you reconnect the man's heart, re-knit it to your spirit and your heart, Lord, so that you may reveal the kingdom purpose in this world, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We come into agreement, Lord, because we pray and believe that whatever we have asked for in your name, Lord, that it has already been done, Lord. 
And Lord, we stand in assurance just like our David declared, Lord. We declare tonight, Lord, we shall not be moved, Lord. You are our rock and you are our salvation. We seek ye first, Lord, the kingdom of God. And we know every desire, Lord, will be given to us because we believe it in your holy and precious name, Lord. So, Lord, we ask all of these mercies, Father, in your holy and precious name, Lord. Amen and amen. worship you Lord yeah. oh we just glorify you Lord because when we open up our mouths oh God and when we lift up our voices oh God oh and shout every wall comes crashing down I have the authority that Jesus Jesus has given me when I open up my mouth Lord when I open up my mouth we declare mouth, that miracles God start breaking When I lift up my voice, Lord, when I lift my voice and every wall, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority that Jesus, Jesus has given me. When I open up, Lord, when I open. Start breaking down. I have the adornment that Jesus, Jesus has given me. My champion, giants fall when you stand under me. Every battle, every battle. champion yes, Lord. Yes. giants fall and yet you stand undefeated yes, so for every giant for every giant in the lives of your sons and daughters father we dispel every negative thought we call things that are not as though they are father we thank you we thank you that when you see us you see the end from the beginning you see us on the process you see us in the middle of your development even in our lives so father we bless you we honor you we worship you for all that you're doing 
tonight and we say like David said who is this uncircumcised Philistine that chooses to stand against God's people so father thank you for raising up strong men thank you for raising up mighty men Thank you for making men God's men. Oh, hallelujah. Men of power. Oh, God, men of authority. Men that are accomplishing purpose, oh, God. Generation, oh, God, builders. Oh, God, planet shakers, oh, God. Father, I pray that the kingdom is advancing. The kingdom is advancing. So we call for every man. We call for every son. We call for every son in the name of Jesus into their kingdom purpose, into their kingdom mandate. And we deserve notice on the enemy tonight for what you are doing and what you will continue to do. So we thank you for your sons that have led us in prayer today. And as we gather around your word right now, Father, just speak to us. We ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen, 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 amen. You may be seated. Amen. Bless the Lord. I'm going to hand over to uh, Pastor Maggie. She's blessing us with our Bible study tonight. Amen. This is, uh, the next few weeks is going to be triple. Amen. So they're going to tag team it. Amen. And you're going to be blessed. Amen. Amen. You're blessed. We thank God for Neil and for Kyle, just for that powerful time of prayer. What a powerful time of prayer. These two men that just stood up and declared and decreed, and it just got us into that spirit to say, Lord, we're just so excited because we know everything that has been declared and decreed is going to come to pass. And that Potter's house is going to be a house that is full of strong, mighty men of valor. Amen. Now, I want to also say to you this, and maybe it's a nice advert for our Bible school. These two young men, some not so young, one not so young, but they are in our Bible school. They are our students. It's only uh, in their third term, but we can just see how God is using them. Such a powerful way, the way they can speak the word and pray the word and just have so much of confidence in knowing who they are in God. Now, <coughs> when I was, uh, we, we were going through our, Sunday, our, our Bible school um, uh, allocations for the Wednesday meetings, and when they said that Neil and Kyle, Pastor gave them to pre pray over the men. And so I, when I was preparing, I said, Lord, I want to speak on, on a, somebody in the Bible that depicts Sometimes what men think and they know who they are. So if you, if you would like to turn with me to the book of Judges chapter 6, and I'm going to speak about a very famous regular guy by the name of Gideon. And the Bible says that he made some choices that flow from his faith in God. And 
when we look at the book of Gideon in chapter 6, it starts off with how the Midianites are oppressing the nation of Israel. And it says that in, in, it starts off in verse 1 and it says, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So th when the children of Israel did evil in the sight, it means that they dishonored God. They did not obey God. And so what did God do? It says he delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And in these seven years, the Midianites prevailed against Israel. And it came to such a point where they had to hide themselves in dens and caves because they were scared of these Midianites. And it also goes on and it says that at every year at harvest time, the Midianites would come. They say they would come in and it would almost be like a swarm of locusts that would come into, the, into Israel and they would d take away everything that is their harvest. And what they could not take, they destroyed. So which means they left nothing for them, for the people of God. They left them with nothing, not even to say, you know what, what we could not take, we feel sorry for you, we leave it. They destroyed it. That is how cunning they were, right? Mm -hmm. And so they come, when, when we look at the children of Israel, it says that it went on for seven years. Imagine those people serving an almighty God, but they allowed the enemy to run, run, uh, to run ramsack over their life for seven years, being fearful every time. And it, the Bible says they came to a point where they had nothing left. And when they came to that point when they had nothing left, the Bible says they cried out to the Lord. Now we need to understand that as children of God, we cannot bring ourselves to that point where we have nothing left, we got nothing else that we can turn to, so now we're saying, God, we are turning to you. Because he should be the first one. Their first step should have been, God, we repented that we did evil in your sight. Yeah. Not waiting for seven years to go by when you are almost utterly destroyed, you have nothing left, then you're saying, I'm crying out to God. And the Bible says, when, when we look at it, it says, Israelites, they were so greatly impoverished because of the Midianites that they cried out to God. And it came to pass in verse 7, it says, that the children of Israel, Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel. Now, he doesn't give us a name of the prophet. It says, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians and of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. He speaks through a prophet, but God does not stop there. You see, that is the magnificence and the God that loves us so much. The wonderful thing is about our, uh, about our God is that he always has another plan. And, is, and even though people are slow to returning back to him, his response is never slow to us. Yeah. 
And we all know that we've experienced it. There are times when we were very slow in getting our lives in order, very slow in coming in repentance before him, very slow in saying, Lord, I want to get this done. Lord, I want to, to get my life in order so that I can do all that you have called me to do. And in verse 7 and 8, it says, it, it shows us that when we cry out to God, he moves in mercy and in love towards us. He tells us the truth. And the truth is that he says, you have not obeyed my voice. Yeah. God does not mess around. Yeah. He says it like it is. Yeah. But he also gives us a plan. He also sends people our way that will help us. And this is where we are introduced to Gideon in verse 11. And it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. You can see where he is. He's threshing wheat in the winepress that is away from, it's, it's almost underground in a basement kind of thing. And you all know, if you, if you know about threshing wheat, it has to be done in the open. Because when you're threshing wheat, the wind will gently or even forcefully maybe blow the chaff away. It will make your job easier. But imagine Gideon sitting in this dark place in the wine press, and he is now threshing wheat. How much more of an effort it is going to be for him. The effort came because he was fearful of the Midianites. They were going to come and take away whatever was left that they had in the house. So he was hiding there. But when we hide and when we're fearful, God does not leave us like that. If God has a plan for you and if God sees you and God knows his plan for you, he will come looking for you. So the one thing that we know, even when, we, when they were praying over the men today, is that we cannot hide from the plan of God. God will find us wherever we are, whatever we're doing, with whoever we are, he will find you. And if God has a word over your life, I, will, I can tell you today without a shadow of doubt, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. So everything that was declared by these two men today about you being men that will stand up in your home and in your community and even in your own life, you will know who you are in God. The song that we sang just now, it says, I know who I am. I know who God says I am. Amen. Amen. So when we look at Gideon right now, and when we see him, he was a man that was filled with frustration. It was a pitiful sight. But when God looks at him, the Bible says in verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. And another verse says, you mighty man of valor. Another version, rather, says, you mighty man of valor. I think when Gideon was there, he must have been looking around. Is there somebody else that's here in this place? Are there any other guys that are here hiding with me that God is speaking? Because he did not see himself as being this mighty man. The Bible, before God says to him, you are a mighty man of valor, the angel says to him, the Lord is with you. So even in his time of being fearful and in his time of having no hope, in his time where he knew that even he was in his father's house, 
He didn't know which side to turn, what to do. He didn't know how to fight off the Midianites. He was a man that was hiding in fear and frustration. And the, it's almost as though God had the sense of humor to come before him and say, you mighty man of valor. Because God saw more than what Gideon saw in himself. God saw what he was about to make of Gideon. And it was about time that, God, that Gideon saw it too. And this is what we, we see in this passage of scripture when we look here. And one of the biggest lies that we say to ourselves is that God will use somebody else. We should never ever come to that place when God speaks to us for us to look and see whether it is somebody else that God is speaking or even say to ourselves, maybe it's not even me. When we look and, and at Gideon, the, and in verse um, 15 it says, oh no, let me read verse 14. The Lord says to him, go in thy might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now imagine Gideon is sitting there. He's a young man sitting in his father's house, and God is saying to him, you are going to save Israel from the land of this mighty army, this army that is so evil, this army that is intent on destroying, this army that is so great. But he says, I am going to send you to destroy them. And what was Gideon's response? The first thing that he said, he said, oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. The excuses, the reasons why it cannot be me. For those guys that are sitting out here today and God is calling you to do something, God is calling you to do ministry, and I'm not talking about preaching and teaching, I'm talking about ministry. I'm talking about doing something fruitful in the house of God. Don't say, how can it be me? Because when God looks at you, he sees you as somebody that is great in the kingdom. He sees you as somebody that can be a mighty warrior in the kingdom. Like they were praying today and they said, you know, most of the time the men think that prayers are up to the women because the women are through their emotions. They can pray and they can touch the heart of God. But you can be prayer warriors. And I can, I can just imagine how when men stand and they start to pray and their voices start to boom all over, what a sound that will be. More than our squeaky voices and all of that, but how it will touch the heart of God. Because when Kyle said whenever God wanted to do something on the earth, he looked for a man. He looked for a man. And that is not to say that he won't use us as women. But he's looking for a man who will stand as a mighty warrior on the earth. And then he says, the Lord says to him, and this is where God confirms his promise, his presence. He says to him in verse uh, 16, he says, surely I will be with you. And in the other version, it says, truly. Which means God is not a man that he should lie. He says, truly I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites 
as one man. Whew. Isn't that powerful? Yes. To say to this man who was hiding, who was scared, who was frustrated, who didn't know what to do, he says to him, you are going to defeat them as one man. Why? Because surely I will be with you. You remember the verse that says, the battle is the Lord's. So when he gives you the, uh, uh, the, the commandment to go in his name, you are not going by yourself. Yes. You're not going in your own strength. You're not going in your own wisdom, in your own knowledge, in the things that you know, in your own ability, in your own talents, in your own giftings. You're not doing it on your own. But you're doing it because the Bible says, surely I will be with you. And still, you know, like how any of us as human beings, when God speaks, we want to say, is it really you speaking, really, Lord? And it goes on and it says, if I found favor with you, show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. And then it goes on and I don't have much time to go where he, he comes and he brings a goat and bread and all of those kind of things. And he's, he's conf there's a confirming word that surely God is with him. And then it says, Gideon builds an altar right where he is to the Lord. And he says, I'm going to call this altar, the Lord is peace. Why did he say that? Because there's war all around them. The Midianites are warring against them. The Midianites are defeating them. But he says, the Lord is peace. That declaration that he makes by building that altar tells you everything about what is going to happen as the days are going to unfold. That the Lord is going to bring peace into the Israelite nation. That these Midianites are going to be defeated. That was his declaration. He didn't shout on the mountaintop. He didn't do anything. He built an altar. And then when we go on, and it says in verse 28, it talks about how Gideon breaks down the altars of Baal. When we want to be used of God publicly, Privately, we have to do things to clean up. We cannot have things left undone in our lives and say, Lord, use me. It will never work. We have to clean up our lives, clean up our home, clean up our families, and say, Lord, now is the time. We have to break down every altar. We have to break down everything that takes place above God. Every idol that stands before us, it may not be any physical idol, but things that we have put before God. Sometimes it's our marriages, it's our relationships, it's our children. We take our children and put them before God. We place more emphasis on them. We take our homes, our material things, we place it before God. But there are times, the time comes when God calls you. Every altar has to be broken. Which means that when we come before God, we have to come just as we are. And we have to come in a position of repentance and confession before him. This is what happened with Gideon. The first thing that he did was that publicly, uh, privately, sorry, he cleaned up his own backyard. He cleaned it up. Because you know why? 
You cannot go out and publicly proclaim that God is speaking to you and doing things for you and through your life when all around you there's mess. Your life has to be clean and pure. The song that we sing, clean my hands, purify my heart. We don't sing all of those things just because it's just words that it's, and the music sounds good. No, we say to God today, you want to use us, Lord? Our hands must be clean. Our hearts must be purified. Refine us by fire, Lord. Burn those things that are not of you, O God, so that we stand pure and holy before you. That's what he did. He cleaned up everything. And we need to understand today that we need to take this kind of, it takes that kind of faith to serve God. Then the next thing is that when we look in, in verses from verses 33 to verse 40, you know, <coughs> this was a time where in this, this passage of scripture, and if you're watching a scary movie and all this ominous music comes and all of that, and you know now something scary is going to happen, and me, I hate scary movies, but even if I watch two, I'll have that duvet right here. And when it comes to that place, I'll just cover my head. I won't see it, but I'll be scared of what's happening. Yeah, it, it, this is what it, it, it reminds me of. The people were cringing in their caves. They were scared because this was a time when the Midianites were coming to raid. The Bible says that as they were coming to raid, they were coming to raid, it says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Amen. They were coming. People, the, the Israelite nation were all cringe, hiding in the caves, doing all of that. Instead of cringing, in verse 34, it says, the spirit of the Lord enveloped him. What does it mean? It means that it covered him. It just not just came and, you know, just sprinkled or he just felt some goosebumps. It came and it covered him. And when it covered him, he started to blow the ram's horn, which means that he made a sound of victory. Yeah. Imagine that in the time when everybody was scared. And because he had taken that step of faith and the people saw the spirit of God that was upon Gideon, that this man who was a fearful man hiding in the wine press he now left everything and he stood out in the open. He had nothing to hide. He stood publicly and he started to blow the horn. The Bible says people, men from far and near were drawn to the sound of the ram's horn. Which means that these people in the Israelite nation that were cringing in fear, God used Gideon, whom he said, remember, you mighty warrior. People were drawn to him. The Bible says 32,000 men showed up. And not just showed up, they were ready to fight. Wow. Imagine that. It just took God speaking to one man. And it took one man being faithful to that word and taking up the ram's horn and blowing it. But then, you know, God is always patient with our faith process. Always. Whenever God tells us to do something, we want to say, Lord, show me a sign. Lord, let me know that it is 
going to be me that you're going to use. God is patient with that faith process. How many of us know how God is faithful and patient in our faith process? Because we just don't just get on with it and do it. We always go, God, if you do this, I'll do this. You do this. It's almost like, you know, we're just playing a game as it were. You show me, Lord, and I will do this for you. God is patient. He was patient with Gideon because Gideon comes in verses 36 and 37 and he says to him, in, same in, the, in chapter 6, we're still there. He says, you will deliver Israel by my hand as you said, but I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. And then he says to him, if dew is only on the fleece and the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by my strength as you said. And we know that God is making a deal with God. But God knows, I'm going to use this man. Let me show him it is me. And so he does it. Then he asks God for the reverse process. This fellow is really something. Eh? He asks God, he says, you know what? Let's go about the other way. If the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, I know it is you. And God gives it to him. But then we look in verse seven, uh, chapter 7. And we find that God is now, Gideon, sorry, is ready to rumble. He's ready now because he, he heard the word from God. He cleaned up his life. He got the men. He put the fleece before God. He knows it's God. He knows God is going to use him. And like how in the wrestling it says, are you ready to rumble? And there's Gideon standing there, mighty man of war, a warrior. But God has other plans. Because God does not want the, media, the, the Israelite nation to think to themselves or to know for themselves that if they win this battle, it's all about them. And it's all about their strength. In Judges chapter 7 and verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many people for me to hand the Midianites over to you. Else, or else you might brag and say you did it yourself. Whew. God is, he knows exactly what he wants to do. He still wants to be glorified. And it's, he wants us to know it's not about us. God proceeds to give Gideon a couple of tests. He whittles down the number. The first test that he does, there are 10,000 that leave the army. Why? Because God says, for those of you who are not fearful, you stay here. What happened? They ran. Imagine that. They heard the ram's horn. In that moment, they got so excited, they all came ready for fighting. But when the question came to them, are you going to fight? With all your might, and to, with these Midianites, fear got a hold of them. We need to understand that all those that come with us will not all be the ones that will go. Because God knows who to keep with us, who will work with us, who will win with us, who will glorify God with us. And so he comes out, and then he uses the next test, and he... Uh, he, he asked them to, about the drinking of the water in verses 4. The second test, God says, take the men down to the water and let them drink. Weed out any of them who stick their face into the water to drink. Keep the ones who ladle the water in, with their uh, mouths with their hands. And 
Gideon knew that, you know what? They are not going to last. There were 9,700 men that left. Gideon was left with 300 out of 32,000. And then God says, now you are ready for battle. Why? Because obedience is what God is looking for. It's not about how excited you can be. It's not about how we can be thrilled to do something for God. It's not about us getting excited to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to help you, Gideon. How many times when we got together, we saw a bad, a big lot of people coming. But when it came to do the really hard stuff, the things that God wanted us to do, we were just left with a handful. But when that handful did what God asked them to do, in obedience and sacrifice, the outcome was so great, we could not even be able to understand it. The Midianites, if uh, uh, Gideon, when he thought about it, I can just imagine how he felt at that moment. His, his, the Midianite army was about 135,000 men, right? The, the, that was almost like 450 Midianites to every Israelite. And yet they were going to war with them. But God is good. Because God don't use the same methods that they use. They come to plunder, to steal, to kill, to destroy, to leave everything. God works with strategy. And so he tells Gideon, take these men. Divide them in three companies. They were, they were there. He said, take a torch, take a jar, put the, take the, a light, put it inside. And when the trumpet, when I give you the word, and when the trumpet sounds, then you know that victory is yours. You know what happened? The, 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 Mid, the Midianites were all in their camp. Gideon and his men were surrounding this side, that side, around them. On the three sides, they were there. Then comes the instruction from the Lord. They break, they, they break the, uh, the clay jars. The lights begin to shine. The sound of the breaking of the clay jars, the light that was shining, confused the whole of the 135,000 Midianite soldiers in that camp. Yeah. What happened? They went in confusion. They didn't know what was happening. Going this side, that side. It says that they turned against each other with their swords and they killed each other. Not one of the 300 men were hurt. All they did was follow the instruction of God. And I can say this to you today. You mighty men of valor. Sitting in this house, watching online, whether you watch tonight or watch at any other time, and I believe that God will get you to watch this service at some point because he's got a call upon your life. And the calling upon your life is this. I am with you, you mighty man of valor. Amen. And so today I believe that the men here in Potter's house are going to rise up. They are going to arise and shine. The glory of the Lord will come upon them. 
And they are going to stand up and stand up as priests in their home. Not only those that are married who have families, but our young men are going to arise and they are going to stand for the word of God and they're going to stand for the, the promises that are in the word of God and they're going to stand for purity and holiness in a world that is filled with immorality and a world that is full of sin and confusion. They are going to be the voice. Just like how when Gideon stood up and he, and he knew God was with him, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And I believe that is what, what is going to happen. And I've already seen it. I'm seeing it happening as we gather every time in this house. God, the spirit of God is coming upon us. It is changing our focus. It is changing the way we think. It is changing how we see ministry. It is causing us to advance. He's giving us a pure heart, a desire to have clean hands and not to contaminate our lives. Because let me tell you, there's a greater purpose than us just living life and just existing. He wants us to live for him. So today I want to thank God for all of our men, our men that are in this house, that God is going to raise them up to be mighty men of valor. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, we come before you today. We are thanking you, O God. Your word says, surely I will be with you. Surely I will be with you. And as a house today, oh God, we take that word. That we do not do anything in our own strength and our own ability. We do not do it, oh God, relying on what, oh God, talents that we have. What academic achievements we have, oh God. But Lord, and even our, over our own intelligence. But today, oh God, we know that whatever we can accomplish and we will accomplish and we will do, oh God, for the kingdom of God is because your word says, surely I will be with you. And so today, oh God, we declare over our men that they are mighty men of valor, that they are mighty warriors, oh God. And so we give you thanks and we praise you and we honor you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Uh, I'm sure we had more than enough 